Welcome back, podcast listeners, to Superhero Chicken Fest, episode three. We're back with four hosts and four new microphones to do this show every other week for the foreseeable future. This week's episode contains spoilers for The Avengers Infinity War, Black Panther, Spider-Man Homecoming, Ant-Man, probably Daredevil, and, uh... Probably just a bunch of Marvel stuff, actually, so just tread lightly. Nothing about Captain Marvel, though. We hadn't seen that yet. This week's episode is also sponsored by the color purple. Purple is an intermediate between blue and red. It's most often associated with rarity, royalty, magic, mystery, and piety. It's also a 1982 novel by Alice Walker that was later adapted into a film that I think Oprah Winfrey was in. Super Chicken Fest! Jeez. Oh, my God. I'm Kyle. And I'm here with... Allison, Rachel, Ian, and uh, we haven't done one of these in a long time, for, but but don't worry about that. We're just gonna jump right back into it, like like that gap never happened. We can just call this episode one, right? Like, <laughs> isn't every episode before this one about Spider-Man? Um, they both they do both have Spider-Man in them. So this one has no spider Oh dang, it does though. <laughs> That's not true at all. It's a it's a superhero themed podcast. They're all gonna have Spider-Man in them at some point. All right, just let's just all just learn to deal with that reality. All right. Um, so Ian, what's our topic for today? Alright, our topic today is, to be like clear and concise and specific, villains. Uh, nice. starring Infinity War. Yeah, so that's basically how it's gonna run from, from this point on, is we're gonna, we're gonna have a movie, and mm-hmm. we're gonna have a topic kind of surrounding that movie, mm-hmm. um, and then just gonna like, discuss, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Whoa, is that what I podcasts mean, there's, do? There's, uh, there's like a general question to answer. Sure. I think, what makes a compelling villain in this case? Right. I think, yeah, As opposed I think that's to, like... Not just a paper villain, not just a, a 2D villain, but what makes a well-developed villain that is uh, uh, enticing? Turns out, it's the color purple. <laughs> well, the color purple makes everything enticing, <laughs> It's worth pointing out. Um, Hold on. Sorry, is Thanos purple? Yes. What? Oh, no. I thought he was blue this whole time. Kyle. He was He's blue still in one of the movies, and He's then he was purple. purple right? He's always been purple. He's, He's been, like, purple. super purple. No, he was blue in, like, Guardians like, of the Galaxy. He was, like... P- powder blue. No, no, no. no. That, oh, you're wait. thinking of you're thinking uh, of something. Uh, you're thinking of Cree, the the, the Cree leader. Well, because there were definitely blue people. I thought right. he was the same it's, color. That's not Thanos. That's a uh, that's that's no, somebody Thanos else. Thanos has 100% been blue. This no, you're is not what I showing to me talk the picture doesn't help. Podcast. Podcast. Yeah, but... <laughs> hey, he's purple there. You're thinking of but... you're thinking of Nebula's actual dad. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail us. No, I'm gonna find it. I've seen a post about this. Definitely a tangent worth discussing. He is in fact purple. In case there are any other broken people out there. What's Rachel really fun is watching back, he's going back and well, looking Well, no, at I know he's purple, but he was blue before. The original, um, uh, the original shot of Thanos in, like, what, Iron Man or something? I forget which one, like, the after credit scene where he just, like, turns around and grins. Yeah. Comparing that to Thanos now is very funny. <laughs> is oh, it still Josh Look, Brolin? I see, it's, it's nobody I see back blue then. Blue. Yeah, he was blue, actually. Let me see. Blue. That's, that's a Photoshop. That's not real. No, it's real. He was blue. That's... Blue. All right, I'm okay, going to move this matter. thing forward. Thanos, Thanos, as we know it, is purple. <laughs> Very purple. Yes. Okay, so apparently making Lightly him purple, purple. Is, the, is the is the right. answer to the question. So, so we solved it, guys. All right, I think it. this is very important up. to us specifically because we, especially when Infinity War was going on, we were like in the dead mid of finishing up writing Sky Vault. This is actually the thing I remember the most about it was in the theater going, like I think I leaned over to you and I was like, Thanos is just Shay. This is our character. Right, right. This is this who we've is, been writing for the last two years. We've been trying so hard to write a sympathetic villain. Now I think <laughs> now this is this is like maybe showing my hand a little bit. Like I don't think to make an enticing or compelling villain they have to be sympathetic. But I think in recent times the most 
enticing and compelling villains have been sympathetic. I don't think that Thanos is sympathetic. Well, okay, I, I should define sympathetic understandable. as somebody whose motives aren't selfish and make sense from their perspective, even if it's a war perspective. Yeah, I actually yeah. was just rereading um, my favorite screenwriting book ever, Screenwriting 101 by Film Grid Hulk. <laughs> And he mentions, he, he's talking about making characters sympathetic as well. And his point is that sympathetic just means that you understand why they're doing what they're yes. doing. It doesn't ah, mean you I would see. do it yourself. Okay. It just That's means like empathetic. when you're watching Breaking Bad, you can be like, I get why Walter's doing this stuff. Yeah. I would never do any of it. Oh, yeah. But like, I'm, I'm, it's clear enough that I can follow him as a person. Right. It's also kind of what makes anti-heroes work in that sense. Yeah. Um, which, mm. and I, I, that's maybe something to point, like talk about later is like the difference yeah. between an anti-hero and a compelling or sympathetic villain. That's a good point, yeah. I was, so mm. my, my, when I was thinking about what makes a, a sympathetic villain or a compelling villain, um, where I got most strongly was um, whether or not you actually agree with them. Like, so what's necessary is to understand why they're doing what they're doing, right? And I think the key, like the, the sort of the secret key, is having a lot of scenes that involve the villain working on their stuff without the heroes there. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, this is common between Thanos and Wilson Fisk, who is, yeah. I think, like two, they're two of my favorite villains in the past five definitely. years. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're definitely two at the top. Well, it's, it's, I was laughing because I think it's, it's, almost, it's almost like a weird variation on the Bechdel test. Kind of, Where it's yeah. like, you don't want to just see the villain in reference to, uh, <laughs> to like, hero, their yeah. interaction with the heroes. Like, right. you want to see them, like, operating... As a fully their, powered like, character. It, yeah, it makes them a more compelling character if it's, like, you see them interacting with people that aren't your main characters and right. kind of, like, having their own agency that has something to do with, like, their own goals and stuff. And it doesn't all center around, you know, Captain America or whatever. I guess it kind of, like, so a villain's... A villain that, like... So I, I know in creative writing circles, it's very popular to talk about how much easier it is to, to write your villains than your heroes, which I think it just kind of goes into the, like, I'm in middle school and edgy sort of vibe a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, like, part of it is, so a villain's, a, a, a well-written villain should have goals that are big enough that they don't need the hero. Like, if, if in, unless there are definitely stories that involve undercutting the hero specifically, like, like the, the, those that, like, sort of make you reflect on the hero poorly, like... You're, all you're saving the city has really ruined my group of people or something. But unless it's, but but typically a a poorly written villain will have a plan that just so happens to involve the hero as like a central aspect, whereas a well written yeah. villain has, should have plans that basically the, the your hero just gets in the way of, but isn't necessarily a part of. That's an interesting point. Let's let's recap this a little bit. So Thanos, in the movie, his mm. ultimate goal is to erase the entire population of the half half, half the half, exactly in, half. entirely half of the population of the universe because or it's just resource scarcity now his, his, oh right yeah, resource basically scarcity. He's, he's just like a plague bringer yeah it's like the whole thing with like how the the black plague in real life ended up technically helping europe in the long run right. because it like kickstarted the industrial revolution killed off people yeah. that were using up all their resources right thanos is like that I'll guy be that. yeah i mean there's all sorts of problems with this like why not double the resources? But that's because of land use space, probably, or something. Know, or, or if we half all of life in the universe, does that mean include plants? Uh, uh, <laughs> the Rooster Brothers say it does, which just ruins the whole point. Mm. Oh, okay. Half so of all the corners that's gone. essentially that's essentially the idea that they make us like sympathetic towards. Like we right. we get right. it. We're like mm -hmm. okay, yeah, because people are their own worst problem anyway. Yeah, but and, they do well, and good job all in... all forms of life, I guess. Yeah. They're their own worst problem. Well, I don't think that we'd normally play on that trope with people. Or do you mean aliens? I, Is that, what do you mean by all forms of life? Creatures. Yeah, because like, he wipes out half the living things in the universe, mm -hmm. I guess. That... Uh -huh. Which, I don't know, to me, like, there's, there's definitely some limitations on it. Like, uh, 
Like, surely, like, he's talking about multiple galaxies that are far enough apart. They definitely don't interact with each other. Like, there's definitely planets out there who's, who are probably, like, what about all the hip, hippie planets that are, like, totally in tune with all the resources, man? Mm-hmm. But, uh... Well, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. And that's kind of why he's great, right? Because he's consistent, like... Right? <laughs> um, he seems to prioritize, like, um, pleasure in individual lives over, like, just the experience of life as a whole. I think if that makes sense, like he's going for quality of life rather than quantity (laughs) to put it in a very rough way. I think actually my favorite thing about Thanos was his relationship with Gamora. Yeah, Mm -hmm. actually. Which is incredibly complicated and relatable, like weirdly relatable. I think to actually just like a lot of, I might be totally overstepping here, but I think a lot of like father daughter relationships can be weird in like the power dynamics that exist. Not like I'm going to kill you later and also you're kidnapped or whatever, but just like, I, I don't know. I found it really, really relatable, their type of, not their type of relationship, but just some of the elements that it plays on in how that relationship would function under those stresses that exist. One of the things I remember specifically uh, coming out of Infinity War was, because so far we've, we, we had seen Thanos characterized most strongly by Gamora and Nebula mm-hmm. in previous movies. Mm-hmm. And then what we find out is she's wrong. Like he's like she like everything we hear from from Gamora is he doesn't care about us at all. He just mm-hmm. uses us tools. There's oh, absolutely yeah. not like he's he's a cold, heartless hunk of a of rock that sort of pretends to be a sentient being. But we see him very explicitly have emotional reactions to Gamora. Right. And if you know, she may it makes sense that she wouldn't catch she wouldn't see those or she wouldn't necessarily count them. But the fact is the way she said it was wrong. I disagree. But well, but she but he she says he doesn't care at all. He does care. It may not be enough. It may be wrong. It may, it may be. It may be. But but to say that he doesn't care is inherently wrong. Well, well his I version mean, of love is strange because he he thinks that the best thing for the universe is to wipe out half the life in it, and he thought the best thing for Gamora and uh, what's her face Nebula was to train them in a really intense way that made them strong and that made them value power. That's I mean, the idea. I know that we're trying to avoid tangents, but it's basically like making the argument that the person that cares about you is the one that can still beat you because they care enough to like keep you safer in line, and that's how they think that that works. Well, right? that's what I mean. So, like, that's, like, but that's that's how but that's how that relationship works. Mm-hmm. Like, but he doesn't. It's not, what, it's not what happened though. It's like, what, but he, he he specifically like you you see his when he realizes he has to sacrifice Gamora. By the way, guys, spoilers. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. Well, that's listed at the beginning of all these yeah, episodes. Anyways, but like when he realizes he has to sacrifice Gamora, he is hurt because he doesn't want to lose her. Yeah, that but he still murders her. So he still does it. I mean, he says <laughs> so it, that's I the mean, whole. That's the line. The the the, the, the greatest of sacrifices requires the strongest of wills, etc. Et it is right. a sacrifice to him. And in fact, if it wasn't a sacrifice, it wouldn't have gotten him the soul stone. It actually mm-hmm. has to matter to him for mm-hmm. him to get the soul stone. So it does. You know, she. I, I totally get why Gamora doesn't see that because from her perspective, that's not caring at all. But so uh, he yeah. failed to express <laughs> that effectively. But. Yeah. He does actually care for her, or else the whole thing wouldn't have worked. Which is kind of mm-hmm. why, that's why I think he works so well as a character, because he has a psychology, again, that makes sense, mm-hmm. even if you look at it and go, and you go like, well, that's screwed up. Right. Yeah. But, but also, like, the internal logic is consistent. Like, you can see that in his mind, this is how the universe works. True. And I think he's the ultimate embodiment of the ends justify the means philosophy, which is a philosophy right, yeah. a lot of people really do have. Like, yeah. um, Let's bring in John Locke. Even though, like, I... <laughs> Not that John Locke. Even though a lot of people, like, would approach things from, like, a solidly good versus evil perspective, if you could justify one good thing happening from doing a bunch of evil things, I think a lot of people would still be on board with that, which is why Thanos' like, population control idea is pretty appealing. And that his relationship with Gamora 
works the same way. Like, he treated her badly in order that she might become the kind of person that he deemed good, which is a person like him who is strong and willing to exert will and strength and stuff like that. Yeah. Right, it's, it's, it's a lot about individual empowerment um, exactly. at the expense of anybody else. It doesn't really... Mm -hmm. Like, so, in that sense, I guess you, you could say, like, his training Gamora and Nebula to be weapons is entirely in, in line with his idea that the individual should be able to bring about what they want regardless of what anybody else tries to do to stop them. So first thing first thing established is that they do a really good job at making him like sympathetic, right? We can follow his line of thinking and even relate to it on like some level. Sure. Um, is there more to it? Like more that makes him... Right. Well, I think that he is the embodiment of a philosophy that's really popular today. The mm -hmm. ends justifies the means type of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And people are really worried about overpopulation in general. So that makes him well, I mean, appealing. Like, one of the things that makes him such a great villain is that he's absolutely terrifying. That's like true, they still they, right. they make him like scary enough that even though we can kind of relate and even though we can see even like a dad side to him and also like a mm. like a you know warrior side of him it's like he's actually super scary. Like they, they, <laughs> they start off uh, he he really does do a good job of embodying kind of like the way you might view your dad if you were five. Like mm. like he is all powerful. If there's a bad situation where he appears to get hurt or die, he reverses it magically mm -hmm. in your own eyes. Like right. and he is still really gentle. Mm -hmm. He is so gentle with Gamora in the scenes where they're little. Even when they're older, he's very gentle. He does like a scary ass whisper. Yeah, I think. So, but and that's very like dad. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Part of the is the gentleness. Like I mean, so his introductory scene in Infinity War is him beating the Hulk in a fist fight. That's what I was gonna mention. They, Which they, is a lot of my favorite characters have been. Uh, or character moments have been when they can somehow establish somebody's entire personality or threat level like with one scene, mm -hmm. right? Um, and uh, but without without invoking like the wharf effect, right? Is the deal? What does it describe that? So for in, in, who in don't, next generation, I know it is obviously, but for people who don't know, <laughs> in next generation Star Trek, right? Um, they uh, there's a character wharf. He's a Klingon. He's a, a crew member. Yeah, and he's the security officer, right? Mm. He is the big bad tough guy. What that means is anytime they want to show that 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 that, uh, that the situation is getting serious, they have somebody beat up Worf. Mm. What this means is Worf looks like a pansy. <laughs> yeah. He gets beat up a lot. Right. So it's, it's, it's something like you have to, I think, and this is, this is more of a, this isn't necessarily about being a good villain. This is just like a delicate writing thing. One thing they do particularly well with Thanos is they never make him seem too cheap. Like, like his victories seem earned. Uh, he doesn't like, he beats up the Hulk, but it doesn't look like, it's not like the Hulk is only at 20% power or whatever. Like it's, uh, right. it's, right. it, it doesn't, it doesn't actually stronger than the Hulk. It doesn't like devalue it. the Hulk. He already has the power stone, I think is the deal. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and he's not full of empty threats, right? Like that's another reason right. he's scary. Cause he's like, I'm going to snap my fingers and the whole world's going to disappear. And people are like, are you though? And then he murders his daughter and you're like, Oh shit. Right. Dude's going to well, do it. Oh, well, so. yeah, yeah, he also just kills Loki immediately before he beats up the Hulk. He right. actually just kills well, Loki. Well, he gives Loki right. a chance to concede first. Yeah. And then when it's, it's Loki tries to do a backstabby thing and he's like, none of that. And then just snaps Loki. Right. I was just, I just, as far as like a writing thing goes, it was like the perfect move to start the movie off with to set the tone. Right. Because so like upsetting. Loki has specifically avoided dying in true Marvel fashion like three times up right. until that point. And then they start the movie by killing him and then having the main villain all but turn to the camera and go, he's actually dead this time. I Whoa. really hope they don't bring Loki back. I, I, I don't think they can. I think he's dead. I mean, I think they're going to bring back almost everybody else, it would be including maybe Gamora. But, but, but Loki goes with Thor, and they're not going to bring back Thor. I mean, Thor's going to disappear, I guess. I so. feel like the future but, of the... I, I, the next movie is a different topic, I think. Right. We well, can I maybe mean, get into that at the end, but, well, we're gonna, sure, but we can right. go off for a long time speculating on what's going to happen in the next yeah. installments. Like, I saw a post that was a... Uh, 
one of my one of my the better posts I saw about Infinity where somebody say, can we just all give a moment to thank Tom Hiddleston for doing a full press junket for eighteen months for this movie to show up for five minutes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he deserves that. I mean, so and the, 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 if criticism of Marvel movies, I normally ignore because I like them and that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the, one of the more valid criticisms is lack of consequences. It's like Age of Ultron killed off Quicksilver, and it's like, ooh, we killed an Avenger. He was an Avenger for four minutes, but. <laughs> and so I think it'd be great if they actually just had Loki stay dead. I I feel like they're going to, but again, yeah. like I can, I have mm-hmm. I have a whole idea of how I want this to play out. Sure. That I could like spend an entire podcast on just talking about later. That. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we've got. So, so bring it back around to yeah. the goal is to figure out what makes a good villain. Yeah. Right. Are there what are other examples of similar characters? Fisk. Fisk. Have, Fisk oh, yeah, is the number okay, one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the number I think well, Fisk is interesting because a he does the thing I mentioned where of spending a lot of time just with Fisk and without. Yeah, I remember the reason I loved him. I actually still haven't seen this redone, and mm-hmm. I've forgotten sometimes how amazing it was seeing it the first time. But Fisk was introduced. Right. By watching him try to woo this woman in our like, gallery for an entire is, episode. That was the amazing. The first thing it was. we do is we see him humanized because he's socially awkward and asks yeah. a girl out and he's terrified. I've never yeah. seen any villain introduced that way, like, ever. Right. And they kind of do it again with Dex in the third season. Yeah. They, different thing, but they do a diff- they, they definitely get into humanizing Dex. It's, right. it's, it's humanizing is the deal. It's like, I mean, we... And, and in some ways, Fisk is a lot more relatable than... Yeah, Thanos. Because it's not. We don't this, get to see that part of Thanos right, at well, the beginning. And it's not this whole like galactic level thing. It's like he has his city, right? And <laughs> right. he wants to like he wants to he he's basically just like a he wants to engage in aggressive gentrification. I think it's really yeah. interesting. I would argue that another really good villain, though, like not super comparable to Thanos, would actually be the villain from Jessica Jones. And it's almost because oh. he's more hateable. And the reason is because, like... He is good. He is, he is really good. <laughs> he is good. also David Tennant. He's also David cheap. Tennant. I know, yeah, no, it's... But, like, but like people can, like, back Thanos, right? Like, people mm-hmm. can be like, I'm on Thanos' side because he's a badass sure. and he's strong. Kind of, but yeah. you can't do that for the Jessica Jones villain because he just rapes women. That is true. Like, he's actually like his... harder to sympathize with than the Joker. But like, I've heard still, people go, like, but, there's a whole group of people who are like, the Joker is the right one all along or something, but nobody ever right. says that I mean, about it, the purple man. The pur- they're, yeah. both, they're both purple, but, um... Again? Again? Yeah. Yeah. This is guys, I, we solved this in the first five minutes, all right? You make the villain purple. That's how you make it. <laughs> I think I think that the purple man though is actually more like an like a concept, um, rather than a, a character in a lot of ways. Like we sure. don't actually see him for quite some time. Yeah. And it's it's he's more like a crystallization of the will of others around you or something like that. I am not totally sure because well, I haven't thought about it for a long time. But I mean they actually he's he's in the series pretty often. They do yeah. a pretty good job at like developing his relationship with Jessica and I mean but you you realize right, it's some sort of like twisted love story on mm-hmm. his end and he, he like sees things different well, than how they actually happen and that like you right you, you kind of you don't ever like back him but you're like oh he, well he's he's crazy like he misunderstood yeah. he thinks I, that it's love well, but so things manipulating it I, like one of my favorite things about purple man and this is something i i, I again i have a, a slight uh, development on this at the end of this but so mm-hmm. like, like they they there's a moment where he brings up how would i know that this is compulsion or not everybody at any time i've ever asked People mm. do what I say, and you almost for a flicker of a second think, and then he makes people try and kill themselves. You're like, no, right. no, no, right. no, no, no. That's not a nobody's ever tells me no thing. That's a psychopath thing. <laughs> but I think that makes yeah. him better because it's like there's it, it's easy to fall into a trap, a, a trope of um, there's a reason he's terrible, and we can like I think that's a mistake because if it, then we're, we're stuck in this awkward place where we 
want to kind of support him, but he does terrible things, and it's like it doesn't really give us any sort of. Actually, yeah, I okay, but, agree. but who's a, yeah, who's a better villain? Like, well, I, oh, I, I was going to say. Oh, go ahead. Like, so the, my, my favorite other example of this is not a villain. It's it's uh it's the Doctor House. Mm. Like, because so the, this is the anti-hero villain comparison. I think. A bit, yeah, it's it's like the idea is House has a bum leg, and so he's always been like you're you are enticed to think that he's an absolute dick to other people because everybody's treated him like a cripple his whole life, and he's become rough around the edges to to like ward that off that feeling of of pity, right? And then we meet his ex-wife at the end of the first season. She goes, "No, he's always been this way." <laughs> and I think that makes him a much better character because then we can't, there's not a simple solution to his evil. Well, so like if Thanos hadn't actually destroyed half the universe, I would argue that, well, I guess it just depends on taste, right? What makes, what makes a villain better? I would, I would argue only because I don't see it as often. Mm-hmm. It's a scarier existence. I think the David Tennant, the, the purple mm-hmm. man from Jessica Jones is one of the scariest villains. And I would argue that that's such an important thing because i don't necessarily need to sympathize as long as i get that glimpse of like oh this dude's never like i can kind of get it no one's ever told him no so like you kind of understand where it comes from but then yeah then he makes people like kill himself and he's been raping women for like his entire life and you're like that's a bad like that's scary thinking about this too because the because i was thinking like kingpin seems like the best example specifically because you get to know him as a person before you see him do Uh bad things but purple man had a different point to his character. Like he was introduced as a specter almost. Yeah, and yeah, then it's like four episodes. Him. Yeah, that's a good point. They both work like yeah. equally well for no, their stories. I think, I, go ahead. I mean, you got to ask yourself, like if you're asking who's the best villain, like what do you want out of your villain? Like sure. the purple man yeah, is scarier, but he, he doesn't, I don't think he represents like a, he doesn't ex- represent a person that can exist symbolically. He mm. represents human will that's unchecked it represents like all the darkness in the human heart if all of it could come to fruition mm. every time and that's what's so scary like you said before allison people are their own worst enemy like yeah. he is the very embodiment of that concept whereas thanos represents like an ordered universe but it's an order that you don't morally agree with it's what happens yeah. when you know a corporation becomes insanely powerful and then exerts their will over everything or like I, I or the see, british I, empire takes things over you know it's that kind of thing like it's it's a it's a like logical evil versus pure desire acted uh-huh. out this is chaotic mm. neutral versus lawful That's evil kind of yeah. i yeah. think so i think worth pointing out like I, it's not necessarily the point of your comparison but like the difference between like a corporation or, or like the british empire style evil versus thanos is i don't think thanos is selfishly motivated at all i think it, it's not about self-interest it's about it's a good point it's like, it's, that is a good point mm-hmm. he's is definitely for the greater good yeah bringing it back around again to the fact that it's very similar to the character that we wrote Right, Which mm-hmm. it isn't super relatable to people listening because they haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but, but just you wait. But it, <laughs> but it does kind of give like it's. I've we've analyzed this character pretty heavily because we had to write the same character at right. some point. And it, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. It, it's it's they actually think they're doing the right thing. Like it's mm-hmm. they are very mm-hmm. moral in their mind. They are helping everyone. They're actually not doing it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, this is um uh, we might I so I like to make a a. a uh, a division between moral and ethics and my, my, my own personal definitions involve moral is, is like uh, what you think is right and ethics are what is right to apply to a population in the sense that so Thanos is what happens when there's a morals and ethics myth mismatch under my definitions like he is a straight moral force not thinking that it's not okay to do this to other people like it's yeah. not a, he, what he does isn't quote unquote ethical but it is following his moral standard he's trying to apply to his own personal code across uh, a, a, so in, in a way, I mean, he's not 
selfishly motivated. What he does is very selfish because mm-hmm. he doesn't exactly ask everybody if they want to join in on his little plan. I guess maybe that's what makes Thanos like you could argue Thanos is more more of an intimidating or scarier villain purely because you could relate to him. And so the the fear kind of comes from an internal perspective of like, I've had this mentality on things before. At least I've agreed with them. And that's a little bit scarier because most people aren't like, yeah, no, I would of... rape women if I could read right. minds. Like, yeah. they but don't if it's, think But if it's that. a situation where it's like, can I, like, am I this wrong about something? Like, is right. it, like, well, if, am, I, am I thinking this way about something yeah, in my life? Right. There's a good division to be made between, am I afraid I think this or am I afraid this will happen to me? Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Right, very much. And I guess they're both scary in different ways. Right. So. I think, mm-hmm. so going back to what you said about... Uh, about uh, Kilgrave specifically being very scary. That's his name. Kilgrave. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Well, it's both. <laughs> it's, 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 they, they make fun of that in the show, right? Kilgrave. That's like, right. that's like violent murder as a name or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, is, uh, I think part of it comes down to, do I believe this villain is a, do I, am I scared by his ability to do what he, he's planning on or she is planning to do? And does that actually, would it bother me if that happened? Like, if you have, like, I'm the mass magician and I will make all Ace of Spades into bunny shapes. It's, like, cool. Hmm. Like, there's, it's not necessarily scary. It's about, real, like, realistic consequences. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, not... not, not Expectations? Like, expectations and, uh, like, uh, related, but, like, I don't... It's not realistic that somebody could wipe out half the life life in the universe. But if they did, that would suck. Well, they made it seem <laughs> like it could be. Right, right? it's, like, it's mm-hmm. about... It's, that's about that's all in tone. That's in presenting your character. That's yeah. in making your character like. For one thing, if your heroes are flippantly disregarding your villain, that's fun a lot of the time. Mm. But it doesn't unless like unless one of your, unless your villains unless the point is that your heroes are underestimating the villain. It means I can't respect your villain either. Yeah, oh, that makes me so mad about X Men. But that's that's so, a talk for another movie. So it's it's sounding like um, sort of like some of the things we're circling are making a good villain involves sympathy making someone who is presenting a realistic and kind of like easily relatable threat Mm. from a place that you can actually recognize as like being valid like like you can understand yeah Yeah. from a a sympathetic motivation kind of um so it's so it's like it feels it feels threatening because if it happened you can imagine what that would be like yeah and it feels realistic because they're presenting you with this person's like motivation for it and you're like oh crap yeah somebody could actually do that like if somebody were like that and also had this power in the case of a supervillain or something can we think of any example that has both of those that isn't a good villain though that's a good question it has because if 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 we can't then that might be the answer (laughs) yeah understandability yeah, um, I mean, and and a threat to them. Like, what are some? Ba- well, what are some okay. of the bad Marvel villains? Because yeah, so they've been so, criticized a lot for their villains right, in other movies. I think this is a fair, a fair example, a fair exercise. Is let's take let's let's take bad villains, apply these two standards to them, and fix them, and see if it works. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What so about, like, um, my, my my first thought is Yellow Jacket. Ant Man. Yeah, that's everybody's least favorite. Yellow right. Jacket. Yeah, he's the. So I he's, literally do not even remember. That's why. Um, I know. <laughs> he's the bald guy. Surprise. Yellow Jacket was. Yeah. I, it, I'm gonna attempt to summarize it yeah. very quickly. It was he was. Uh, Hank Pym's partner or something, and he wanted to make the technology, but Hank was like, I don't want to let people use this because it's too dangerous, and so then he got mad and tried to steal it. I honestly... I think that was his entire arc, right? Was that it? (laughs) A a lot of it is, A, he had the hots for Evangeline Lily, kind of, which is weird. So, a a lot of of the yellow jacket... What? Nothing. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was completely inappropriate. What did you just say? I said, who doesn't? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, really close to the that. microphone. <laughs> um, so, and a lot of it is, he came across as, like, because they tried to give him human moments, they just failed really badly. Mm. It's like, there's moments, like, when when he comes, I, I, I it's been a long time since I've seen Ant-Man. Not... Uh, not unrelated. Um, when he like he comes into Hank Pym's house and he's like trying to like and then he's like kind of weird and creepy and he has like he's like in a hoodie and he's like ends up holding somebody up at mm. gunpoint or thing. I think oh, he, right, he, yeah. he, he like kidnaps Hope or something. I forgot that happened. Right. But he, he's got like this weird unhinged thing. And, like, another part of it is um, this maybe goes back to what you were saying, Rachel, about expectations as opposed to like realistic. Like so, at one point he just like uh, he's like talk, talking to the Department of Defense or whatever, and he just turns one of their suits into a pile of goop and then flushes right. them down the toilet. And that came out of kind of like nowhere. And it's like, is it... It I didn't really make me... It's I like, have a comparison, actually. I feel like actually, this is a... Okay, go ahead. Which it, I'm pretty sure their relationship... Thinking back on it, their relationship is actually exactly the same one between uh, Luke Skywalker and Kylo Ren. Isn't that what they were trying to do? It was like like teacher and pupil, and but he was like kind of unhinged, and so he didn't right. want to let well, him in on it, and so he got all like angry about it and then went I off the rails right. later yeah actually he because mm. part of it part of it is like you wouldn't let me do what i wanted to dad yeah like it was I feel a, like, oh, well okay i feel like this exercise is slightly different because this is just talking about why bad villains are bad uh-huh. and i think i think what we should try and do is apply the rules right. that we know make a yeah, good villain what, to I, other villains and see if right i was just trying to give this, even we exists. were just trying to remember who this person so was because like, he was so, so interesting like, what, that what nobody makes him work him. like what, 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 what if we had to fix him what would we do i think so i don't even remember this guy He's I haven't so seen the movie. This, so. is, this is kind of a problem with the, the bad villains exercise, isn't it? We have to. <laughs> well, that's I, I. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do a bad villains exercise. I would see like villains that didn't quite make it to the best villains and be like, do they still have those things? Because if they do, then that means Thanos has even more. So like, if we applied those rules to, uh, what was the girl in Thor? I can't remember her name now. The, uh-huh. the, the Hella, yeah. So if we applied those same rules, does she fit into both of those categories? And if not, then we can be like, okay, we rule her out. But if she does, then what does Thanos have more that she just was missing? Like, Are we well, saying Hela, she's only a mediocre villain? Because I'm not sure. Hela is... She's, com- like, she's, I, I mean, I'm not sure she's like Thanos she's level. She's not as good as Thanos. Mm-hmm. Well, sure, but she, also... I mean, so part, part, one thing I think it's worth pointing out about Thanos, and uh, uh, I, I guess this is worth like keeping in mind as we're comparing, mm-hmm. he had... 20 movie lead up like a lot of talk mm. about him you mean and a lot of post-credit scenes and things like we, we, yeah we but i would argue that i don't remember any of that so I, I definitely did not give a crap about thanos until he showed up yeah y'all didn't even remember that he was blue so um, <laughs> yeah I, 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 I just remember after age of ultron i started caring about him i never did i i like every I time they would show him okay i would right. be like i don't care about like make him show up or stop teasing him i don't care that this guy is out there somewhere but right man, now did right, they well, deliver so, i think so hella definitely doesn't have relatability I mean, she. Hela, she, Hela is the, the the executioner of Odin, and she is her whole deal is conquering some sort of poorly defined multiverse. I wouldn't say she that was I like sympathize. neglected. Neglected. Was, well, she was. She wasn't neglected. She was. She was the right hand man for a long time before she was put into exile. I think they did right. enough like character work on her that she is vaguely sympathizable. But she, it's kind of like the villain Bechdel testing that you're talking about, Kyle. Like she doesn't really exist without being jealous of Thor, does she? Yeah, she like kind of, not really. Yeah, not really. What's I mean, like? What's her point if she's not there to overthrow the, like, actually, the dynasty? Most of the time, she's she because she actually exists mostly independent of the the 
the main heroes of the story. But she, most of what she does, most of her scenes are there to humanize Scourge, incidentally. Yeah. Right, yeah. They're just there to make Carl Urban seem so, like a teddy bear, I think which she doesn't work either because I, 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 I like her, but I'm pretty sure it's just because she's Kate Blanchett. Yeah, probably. <laughs> right, I mean, she's got charisma, but that doesn't mean she's well, a good villain. I think you mean modern Shigo. What? So. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay, what? So, this also comes down to, and this is, this is an inescapable problem with, I think, any villain, is some of her writing is bad. Like, it is. Yeah. Like, they do it's the, like it's fun bad true. in that one. It's fun bad, but it's but like... maybe that's just the context of well, Ragnarok. I'm not sure. She isn't as good as the other actors in the movie at uh, being able to balance serious, dramatic um, business time acting with... Is it really style like improv fun acting? Like when she when she does her her silly lines, it comes across to me as really poor. Yeah. As opposed to everybody else in the movie. So we off. so she doesn't make it. I would argue that yeah. she just she just doesn't. If she does fall into either of those categories, it's on like the bottom of the scale, like just mm-hmm. barely. Like yeah, she could be relatable, but not enough. I did not, to, I did like, not find her relatable. Okay. So, okay, so maybe other other I think objectively good villain that we've forgotten about. Yeah. Is the Vulture. From Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yes. Oh yeah, that's a good one. He was a good one. He's Wait, what very did he relatable. Do again? His whole deal is. Uh, is he relatable? Yeah, what? he was. Just to, to summarize him briefly, he uh, he represents like middle America, laid off of a manufacturing job, mm-hmm. and so, so he starts up a chop shop with Chitauri alien oh, tech, yeah. selling it uh, on the black market because uh, he gets basically he, he's he's a victim of outsourcing his entire contracting company gets cut for department of defense it's actually insourcing like yeah. government con- like government workers instead and he's almost not even doing anything bad at first like he's no. doing things that are illegal but he's not doing anything like morally reprehensible necessarily right. when it starts yeah, yeah. Oh, I, have, I, think that- I have arguments to make for why he's not good but go ahead i think that one of the things that makes him good and thanos good is that like when you think about them, you are channeling some outside anxiety that you have about the real world, which is not mm-hmm. true of Hela, unless you have like an evil oh, that's sibling a good somewhere. Point. Well, that's true. So <laughs> his is too th- far. Like she's right. yeah. So think- that that outsourcing anxiety that like is is very real today, and so is the overpopulation, scarce resources thing. Those are so both- I would I would argue that he has something kind of working against him, which is that his his counter is a teenage boy. And so it just kind of makes him, like, there's two things I don't like about him as a villain. One, he really, really reminds me of, like, like a raging alcoholic. Like, just a normal guy who gets pushed too far and then just is an insane lunatic. Yeah. And, like, that's not, that's not, like, relate. I mean, like, it might I, exist, but uh-huh. it, it's kind of the, the, the purple man thing of just, like, no one, no one's. No one really thinks of themselves like getting close to that, really. So it's that's so, one, and then the other one is that he beats up on like a sixteen-year-old boy. I know I, he's Spider-Man, but like so Tom I Holland. I want to disagree with those points. Sure. So if the whole point of Homecoming is Spider-Man doesn't have a job, which is kind of normal, but like like <laughs> Spider-Man is like ready to be a superhero and doesn't have any direction. Oh sure. And so the whole deal is actually this goes back to what I was saying about him about the plots being bigger than the heroes. Mm. Like he doesn't do anything reprehensible. In, ex- until Spider-Man gets involved. And Spider-Man keeps sticking his nose in. Mm. Like, every time he does, like, he beats up on a 16-year-old or does goes off the lunatic fringe, yeah. it's because he's trying to pull something off and Spider-Man gets in the way. What was it's he like, trying to pull off, though, again? He's trying to sell a bunch of stuff. He's trying to, or he's trying to, at the end, he's trying to hijack uh, the Avengers Towers being gutted and he's trying to hijack that plane. If Spider-Man doesn't get involved, it all happens without violence and without any outside... Oh, yeah, that's right. It's casualties. implied that he's been successfully operating for, like, the past... 10 years but he wasn't trying to kill anybody, was he? Yeah, no. Really, yeah, it's just I mean, like... he was selling stuff to criminals, which is, like, questionable, right. he obviously. was arm-stealing. No, okay. But, 
but yeah, he wasn't really like everything was running smooth until mm-hmm. Peter showed up and started like messing with things. So he was the catalyst for things going mm-hmm. wrong. I, don't, I just think also, Americans don't necessarily have a problem with black market operations. See every prohibition <laughs> plot line ever. Like, yeah. well, um, I mean, it's so definitely, that doesn't make him inherently evil in the public's eyes. I don't think. I mean, they, they show that it's bad. Like they show like the people robbing the little bank kiosk right. with way too much weaponry and like the over militarization or like the, or, or the Donald Glover's bit actually where they like he, they're trying to sell Donald Glover stuff that is like set to kill a bunch of humans and Donald Glover's like whoa man I want something that makes a big noise right like, um, see I but just they also oh, never bring up like he doesn't know he's beating up a 16 year old that's true I guess he wouldn't like he just well, he does no he finds out later not until he? the end yeah. well at the end yeah and then he like lights him on fire or whatever him, he kinda, yeah. and then even I mean, then he doesn't yeah, seek him out at that point it's like Peter makes the plane explode <laughs> right. Well, but I just, I think, I think for him, like everything that is so sympathetic seems almost like too strong of a word. I understand his like logical thought process into becoming a terrible person, but I can't relate to it. And there's enough things that counter it that it like doesn't hold up. Like, yeah, he, he did get laid off. He has a rough life. He's now, he found something that works. It happens to be legal. So it's like, there's so many things where I think they just counter it. I mean, do do something else. Like, I know that your hands are tied with the, the job thing. Like, you got laid off. And it, and it was super... I was pissed when I watched it because I didn't know he was going to be the villain. So I remember thinking, like, <laughs> this is such a garbage situation for this dude. Like, super sucks. <laughs> but, um, but I just feel like... I feel like too much of him was, like, overly aggressive and weird and, like, super... And just not... It, not relatable. Not, well, like, say it ruined his emotional, like... Yeah, he snaps. It's whatever. There, I don't has, know there what, has been a yeah. very relatable, very sympathetic, um, still awful version of this character done very well because they spent so long establishing him, mm-hmm. and it's it's Walter White from Breaking. I Bad. knew. I was yeah. Oh, I was thinking about Walter White. Seen, right. Well, he's wait, the, well, he's the hero though. Right. I, kind of. I haven't no, seen, no, I haven't no, seen no, Breaking no, Bad. Does he be key? Breaking Bad. Way too. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah, I know that. But like, I meant the protagonist. But is he the protagonist? He's 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 the anti anti hero. Like he like he's the one you want to see go down the entire time. Okay, so you kind of hate him. He's where the word sympathetic breaks down. Like you can definitely understand everything he does and it's because he's a terrible person yeah, i mean rachel he's he's the villain he's just the main character that's right, right. that's what yeah. I, he's the yeah. protagonist okay. not the hero i haven't actually seen much breaking bad there is them, there but. is no hero in breaking bad <laughs> he's okay just, it's just the main character about a villain right mm-hmm. i think so i think um going back to <laughs> the vulture i think he's really relatable to a lot of people though like i mm-hmm. i know people who relate to him i i, I know kind of middle american style like who yeah, it's, it's sort the, of like their revenge fantasy almost. He's the hardworking dad. It's, it's literally the mm-hmm. same the same group of the same audience that goes and sees revenge dad movies, which is a category. <laughs> anything, in the anything involving Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or Liam Neeson actually. Yeah. <laughs> basically the same. Interesting. But, but Thanos are... is like power dad, like would... all powerful, <laughs> always powerful dad versus like dad that's been undercut by society mm. despite like by no fault of his own. He's yeah, been his power has been taken away. I would argue that revenge fantasy, like that kind of thing, is is miles away from the sympathy that they develop I mean, with Thanos. Like it just sure, it, but like everyone can they, imagine wanting to punch someone, but people who actually like could see themselves being like, yeah, I might actually not punch, but like kill somebody. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I might actually kill that person is a lot further than like I might agree to let half the world die because you don't work that one time. And honestly, like there's there's <laughs> arguments like because I think you yeah. underestimate how many people. Are totally in line with sympathetically punching people they don't like. <laughs> so, I mean, but he does. I mean, he. I know. I will say this. He goes I, so I much remember, further. Like 
the vulture does actually just straight up murder some of his workers in the middle of the day once. That's actually my least favorite part of the movie. I felt right. like that broke his character a bit. Because like, he's like, he's like, huh, I thought that was the freeze ray. Right. And then he goes on like, but I think you're right. That it does. It's a little bit of a, it's an indulgence on the writing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. like, there's another part. Like later, he finds out that Peter is Spider Man, and he gives him a shot to walk away. He's, right, no, he's, he's very avoids, human in that way. He actually mm-hmm. gives him multiple chances, I think, to yeah. not be involved until finally he just shows up again. That's a good and, point. and he just collapses the building like, and he walks lets off. Him, he lets him date his daughter. He's like, you're going to go in and you're going to show Liz a great night. Right, yeah. Like, he's like, like, That's just psychopathic to me, though. That wasn't that didn't come across as like, I'm know, giving I, you a chance, kid, mean, not to kick your ass. His goal isn't to kill a kid. Like, that's not what he's there yeah, trying like, to he do. He has a gun yeah. in the car. He could kill Peter. Yeah. Um, I mean, he could try. But the thing is that, like, you can tell... He wants to like he just he just comes across as too much of the. the, What I got from him Hmm. personally was that he he just wanted to keep his business running, and most of his actions I thought supported that pretty well. But he he was just like so crazy. He took any kind of like aggressive stance was in defense of of that happening, and then right when it was finished, because he ran to Peter on the train. Like in the car at one point, like there were multiple times they interacted, and right when he got rid of him, he went back to what he was doing so, and didn't like hunt mm-hmm. him down. Or so, are anything. you saying that he's Thanos good? He was. He's one of the better Marvel villains. Yeah, better Marvel villains. I, I don't. Which you know, again, they they've been criticized on their villains, so it's Is not like Fisk a super good? high bar. I'd say he's below both of them, but he well, Fisk, be, now, Fisk, I'd say he's the low end of the good mm-hmm, villains, probably, mm-hmm, now, at this point. Mm-hmm. And one thing for Fisk, uh, you, you refuted from my Thanos point, that's fine. We get a long time to be comfortable with Fisk. That's totally true. We get, like, eight series, hours. Series are, are hard to argue with, because they, like, they can spend so long. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, and this is kind of like, a, probably a lot of the, quote-unquote, sympathetic villains, um, uh, there, there's a ton in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. That is the series for this. I mean, especially if sympathetic is understandable. Mm, yeah. Like, if you're talking about, like, if you go, well, given the complicated power dynamics, I can see why that's a valid move. <laughs> sure. You still suck, Walter Frey. <laughs> wow. Ew, gross. No, absolutely not. No, no, no. No, no. I think, I think it might be good to talk about Killmonger. I don't know who that is. In Black Panther, oh, the villain right. in that. that. The other I think he's was. a very sympathetic oh. villain. Um, I disagree for, strongly. Well, what? I, I would argue that he is. He's, no. He, he's a rejected son. He's a... He's a He's a person without, like, parents without a yes. background, and he knows, like, he and he's coming up and trying to find his place in the world, and he's he's become strong enough to carry out, to make to make his vision a reality like Thanos did. Okay, I think but he's now so I will, I'll pick up on what Alison was saying. He's a psychopath, and he murders indiscriminately and supports other people murdering indiscriminately. Okay, I, but, but, okay, so I think that's different for this character specifically because you can actually, like, watch his... Like you can you can see where it all starts to go wrong, and it's a lot more relatable because it's like it happens to like a child who then grows up as like a neglected. Yeah, it, I, I'm mm-hmm. kind of trying to remember, but I remember thinking that I really liked that character. I don't think he's necessarily super re- relatable to me, mm-hmm. but I could see where he could be relatable to most people that I know honestly like he's got there's so much humanity to his story that I think like even Thanos is missing just being an alien and a mm-hmm. bird guy I, I think he's like, different than some of the other ones be, I think because his story like his villain defining moment happens when he is a kid I do actually well, see, think that plays into it I think right. I, I see those as almost two entirely separate characters like I, I can't like so he's he very goes, different he's like, not the same as the other ones well for one thing like I mean so Part of it is, and this is, this is a really, really strongly unpopular opinion, I think. I don't like the way Michael B. Jordan acted him at all. <gasps> it did not, like, I, I found him to be, like, he was just so casual off the cuff. He seemed bored all the time. He was like, nah. 
Well, you I know, like it. And like, that's like, like a. That's but he didn't. He didn't give me rage. He didn't actually give me. He gave me like 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 young kid who is like trying to be kind of a braggadocio style like like big man. But he didn't like. I didn't really got emotion off of him. Even when he was dying, his dying. He sounded like. I, it sounded like he was like through like a layer of smoke or something. Like I couldn't actually get emotion from him. I think there's yeah. a certain complicated way in which when people use the like Ave in. Uh, formal context it's like a flex sure like I mean, that's not so that's what about, so that's the point of being like voice, it being like nah and and not showing emotion in emotionally fraught situations is also a I kind of the, flex about your control i, I would get, I get so the put on for, like, the put on casual casuality is i, I would argue it's him is is him exerting like his own kind of strength i i think that it's too subtle I to think, come across that i think scene. the I biggest think thing that 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 character is sort of missing is that he is actually that character has been done multiple times before really mm-hmm. well and he just wasn't like stand out stand like out. i think he was i think he acted i actually i take that back i do think he's stand out for that example but doesn't compare to how far villains have come because that's a really classic yeah. like villain yeah. trope and it's just been it's just been done too much exactly. like that's what you think of when you think of a villain like oh it started young he grew up we saw it happen right. now we get it and maybe like slight redemption yeah, later right. or something but it's I, just, I also I also okay. I, would, I would argue like so part of it is I mean this is maybe just something I don't I didn't believe his motivations ever because I, I, his actions kept being contrary to his stated motive like he has his girlfriend in the beginning right he uses mm-hmm. her as a hostage and gets her shot he does not care about his own. Mm-hmm. And his whole deal is, I want to support my people, my people like me. And all he does is is exude violence and control for the sake of power without ever trying to protect anybody. Yeah, I mean, that, I, I think so that's I actually just, consistent, though. I think the other characters in the movie actually recognize that about yeah. him and point it out. Sure, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's part it means, of the character. But it's not, his stated motivations don't match that. His stated motivations should involve protection as well as empowerment. And he doesn't, at any point, ever display protection. He's willing to spend human lives as long as he gains power doing so. And so I never believed him when he was saying things. I mean, I, I actually think that's just part of the character, though. I think part well, of the character is the fact that he's so removed from what he thinks he's doing, which I think is super relatable. I know a lot of people who just, like, well, but who means- think they're doing something by standing up for blank, but in reality, the the actions of that are almost exactly opposite to their ultimate goal it's not it's not that that would he's not the architect of his own downfall which is how i would write that character if he's not no black panther beats him a fight yeah i mean i know but he like makes decisions that make no i mean his only his only thing was not pulling a bullet between black panther's eyes after he falls off the waterfall otherwise Mm -hmm. he would have won entirely Mm -hmm. like be fair it probably would have been more interesting if he had somehow destroyed himself because then it would have at least brought that part of the character full circle as it is to Mm -hmm. me i felt like the character was it's 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 fair if you say you're doing one thing and you're not doing that thing and that that's why you fail Mm-hmm. It's another if you're trying to do one thing, and I just I just think he wasn't written in way in a way that emphasized everything. All of it, I, it felt to me like a mistake, not like a point of his character. It's it's possible to go the other way. So I would I would say that he doesn't actually qualify for the second half of that. Not that he's not necessarily relatable, but that he just doesn't follow through on like the threatening aspect of his existence. Sure. He's just a just a dumb kid that grew up and grew up wrong and had like a lot of issues and ultimately just wasn't as scary. He just wasn't really, he wasn't really, like, didn't, didn't Black Panther have to, like, nearly die for this to even really be, like, kind of a fight? Yeah. Wasn't he, had, he like, yeah. I mean, he, had, he was, like, he had voluntarily up. remove his own power. Well, I guess so he's he was just forced not, to He's stuff, just right? not threatening. He's, he's more like a buzzing kind of annoying villain than he is, like, genuinely terrifying. But like, not he... Thanos scary, not, not even, like, 
hella scary or I actually kind of felt scary. this way about the movie in general, sort of. It was like all of it was <laughs> That's a different topic. That's a different topic <laughs> for just, another day. It was kind of like what you said where it's like he was very classic. It was something that yeah. like, we've seen mm-hmm. before. Right. Kind of, and so it just it didn't really I have, hit me I, as something like innovative well, like, I mean, as yeah. far as villain I have a lot to, uh, to rave about about the Black Panther. The plotting is not it. It's, yeah, the, it's well, almost everything except so, the plotting. So that's another right. topic. The, let's think. The let's parts, think of. Oh, go ahead. As I say, the parts where the where the movie shown for me were actually with. I mean, other than the cool designs of with Killmonger and his moments where he was like confronting colonialism. I guess because I don't think I've seen a villain like deal with that directly. But he didn't either. I mean, he. I mean, it, he deals with it. I'm not saying he resolves anything. He's not a perfect character, like you guys were saying. He he. I think he makes sense as a person who would exist in the world because he does stuff that's contrary to what he, he claims is his overarching motivation, and that's a really human thing to do. Sure. And I think that makes him a credible villain. I don't think he's as terrifying as any of the other three people who we've named as, like, good villains, basically, yeah. or, like, sc- scary villains. And one, like, Well, it's just part I, of being a villain is mm-hmm. having that threat behind mm-hmm. you, right? Like, mm-hmm. But I do find him to be emotionally realistic and emotionally believable in a way that none of the people we've brought up are. I, I, I can actually stand by parts of that statement. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Like okay, the, the reason- actual important question, though, did was he wearing any purple? Yeah, at a certain point. Well, oh, okay, was he? Yeah, was he, he was, no, he was the no, orange he don't one. Wear purple. Cause, cause, well, he likes they, gold. They, they both, they both have like orange, they have purple. Purple, like force effects from their suits. Yeah, yeah. And was it Black Panther who has the purple one? I think I Black think so. Panther is purple. Okay, so, so he's the right Black villain. Black Panther is the villain. Yeah, yeah that's what I was okay. Oh my god. Fisk doesn't even wear purple, so I hate to be that person. It doesn't follow through. Does wear purple? No, he is known for wearing white purple tie. No, he doesn't. In some of the comics, he does. Okay, but you can't just be like, oh, his most classic look is. Wearing the purple, oh, like, really? like deck piece, yeah, yeah with the white suit, yeah. Is it purple? Huh. How do you spell Fisk? F I S K, like fist, but with a. K. You mean also? Um, what is the energy from the weapons that Vulture uses? Is that purple? I think I it's blue. Think it's, blue. Is it blue? Yeah. Uh, just wanted to see if the theory held up all the way through. <laughs> it does actually look like he wears like a purple ascot. Like yeah. that's kind of. I'm telling you. <laughs> but that's in just one variation of him. All the oh, other no, ones the are red. The white suit one is Fisk. Well, <laughs> no, 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 no. It is he's, King he's, King he's, you're right. It is white, but he also has red and blue and purple. Yeah, yeah. But per- and black used to wear and purple green. All the time. It's just, have you ever worn purple? Bad. <laughs> he's scariest in the purple. <laughs> Definitely. So here's another. So these are all big, imminent villains. Like, like, like destruction into the world type of villains. Sure. Are there any? Like, there's other kinds of villains that are more personal. Like, so I was trying to think of Walter White. <laughs> Sure, well, he he gets up there, doesn't he? Like, he starts dealing with cartels and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, like, Ironmonger, not Killmonger, but Ironmonger from... From uh, from the first Iron Man? From Iron Man, who is not a great villain. because Bridges. Well, yeah, I mean, so he's... The only reason he's a notable villain is because no, they hadn't done it eight times yet. I right, think I was that... I say, he was, but, Yeah. I think that all he does is exist is that... Oh, I'm sorry, I cut you off. It's it's just mostly mostly he is a and this is this is just this is where I started on this line of thought so I'm trying I'm trying to find a better example than, than Ironmonger but like mostly what Ironmonger represents is a threat to Iron Man not to the world or anything I mean they, like it's, personal he sells, he sells weapons to sure, other countries sure sure I mean so did so did Tony Stark that's a it's a the idea well, is Tony Stark the, didn't do it he did it on behalf of Ironmonger did it on behalf of Tony Stark I think I think he is making the argument for like yeah. the nega villain like the right the, it's because it's, he's the, the exact opposite of Iron Man like right. that's why I cared I didn't care right. about the impact in the Middle Eastern countries sorry it was oh, just like, <laughs> you did it no 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 that wait, was wait. his main problem <laughs> you meant that they didn't make you care about it sorry, they didn't yeah, get yeah. you there I, I should and they didn't and that's their fault no, the, the, reason, <laughs> the reason he worked as a actually you know what that's because again the, um, the Ant-Man villain was basically 
basically the same character. That's why yes. everybody mm. just liked him. But the the Iron Man guy, Jeff Bridges, whatever his name is, um, I don't remember what his actual name was. Josiah Stone. <gasps> This Obadiah, just, Stone. Obadiah. Oh, Obadiah Stone. It just occurred to me that that's probably what's actually wrong with Hela is she is the the nega Thor, which is super unrelatable because it all like has right, to deal actually, with this like like stuff that just can't be relatable because right. Thor's a weird like. Well, it's always been a problem. Space well, Thor. So, so, yeah. really I know that's what I'm back, saying. Yeah. What you're saying is about the relatability of, of Hela. Right. Is she wants to destroy Asgard and I couldn't care less. <laughs> that's a different podcast. Okay. Right. 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 Um, <laughs> but, all I, but all I was gonna say about those like the reason that the Iron Man bald guy works better than the Ant Man bald right. guy is because he has a personal impact on the main character. Right. And so that's where the the sympathy comes from is that mm-hmm. there, that relationship exists. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas the other guy's just kind of a jerk who's there. I also yeah. think there's a lot of anxiety channeling going on with Jeff Bridges. Almost like the only thing they did was anxiety channel, like in terms of like the, the proliferation of weapons and the overarming of things. Right. They're channeling that anxiety. But I think that Jeff Bridges charisma also goes a really long way. Well, Didn't like, he yeah. like write that movie with, <laughs> they, they wrote all that movie on set. That's a. Yeah. We, I want to. I want to like learn more about that and do a whole topic on on improv on in yeah. in professional movies because that's a huge thing. But uh, so like I, I was thinking like so you know who the actual better foil for uh, Paul Rudd in Ant Man is? It's not Yellow Jacket. It's the stepfather. The stepfather. Who's that? It's the one who has his kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah like yeah, they don't, yeah. they don't, they don't play it up. But like, if we wanted to do like a who represents the me that I want to be or the me right. that I don't want to be, that's a good mm-hmm. point, right? It's the stepfather, and they, I mean this, the 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 divorce father versus stepfather trope is really played out, like Liar yeah. Liar and the Santa Claus yeah. and other children's movies. Yeah, um, but like it's a. Uh, uh, the, uh, and I think it's but it's at least a good like base for it. Like it, it like you can yeah. see the potential right. existing well, there. He had a relationship there, whereas like um, Ant Man doesn't have any connection to that guy at all. Like he was, he's Hank Pym's old person. Right. Hank Pym isn't the main character of the movie. Right. And so it's like, but the so the Obadiah Stone of Ant Man, like it's it's it kind of caught me catch twenty two because it, it should be the 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 stepfather. But now one thing Ant Man has been praised for is good stepfather relations, like like ex father stepfather. You know, I like that. Yeah, ex husband stepfather relations. And I think they do a good job of it. But yeah. the personal foil there would be that guy. Yeah. So they're yeah. kind of caught there. They it, it's that's it's interesting to me. So do we have now that we're kind of getting close to the end? Do we have any kind of like encapsulating anything like if, <laughs> have we, we learned have anything? consensus yeah i think we <laughs> learned some stuff i mean we learned that the best characters are as like a a specific type of of sympathizable like mm-hmm. you can you can look at them and whether it's yeah and whether it's you can actually see yourself agreeing with them or that you can like i guess relate to the people who would be at the wrath of them like yeah. there's there's just like different Anyway, I think that's a big part of it, and I think the other big part of it is making sure that they, they're, the threat is realistic, like within them. Like not only not only are they capable of doing harm, but specifically the the harm that they're invested in, like like, yeah. Th- there there was a point where they probably could have defeated Thanos, right? Like physically defeated him several times. Yeah, definitely. So it wasn't so it's much that Peter his <laughs> his force wasn't that he was like. An intimidating giant purple man. It was that he <laughs> he had what it took to actually destroy the universe. So it's the it's strongest about the of wills, threats. If you will. Yeah, <laughs> I won't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I also think it does need to do that. It does need to play into some kind of modern fear, or else it doesn't isn't very hard hitting. Right. It needs to mm. be like a societal fear or a personal fear. Right. Yeah. Like, am I like I, a, like I think like the Iron Man deal is 
is is this who I am? Right. This is like all the reasons not to be like mm-hmm. that. It's 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 very much a like we're saying. It's either uh, to draw it back. It, it either needs to be, uh, am I like this or can that happen to me? Yeah, yes. that's a good way to sum so it up. So here's another question too: Is it necessary for the main villain to be as well developed a character as the protagonist? No, we got, like, we is, got is like required? five minutes left. What are you doing? I'm trying. I'm I'm trying to bring it all back around. Does it does it because we've gone over a lot of different examples and I'm not sure all the ones that we've said are good fit the same level of like being thoroughly characterized some right. of them are just forces of nature and they still work as good villains so. it definitely depends on what your story is like this is this, mm-hmm. this, this goes back to your classical like uh, man versus man man versus nature man versus god like style conflicts um, man versus self all those kinds of things mm-hmm. like for instance Iron Man 3 barely needs a villain because the villain is can I exist without this suit mm-hmm. now so- there's, there's some villains who are set pieces that probably I think, I mean, this is why Iron Man 3 has kind of a split rap, right? Like, yeah. if you look at it in terms of a tr- traditional Marvel movie, it's not very good. If you look at it in terms of a just pure uh, character development for Tony Stark, it is good, and it does have consequence, which, like, we see in Homecoming. Like, if you don't, if you need this suit, you don't deserve it. Right. So what answer are you trying to say to his question? The answer is, you don't need to have a fully fleshed out villain in, if, if your story isn't a strict antagonist versus pro- protagonist intended conflict. I would I would actually argue that you do need a fully developed villain as much so if not just barely under the main characters. I just think that you're capable of doing it in less time. I do think that's actually possible like cuz they don't really cuz well cuz villains don't need the same arc. They yeah. just they, they they can be straightforward and you can develop them really well by just going further back. Well, you know, I think I think Infinity War did a good job because they actually go back in time where you see him interact with young Gamora, that yeah. kind of stuff. But they developed him, I would argue, just as well as some of the other characters in that. And they did it in less amount of time. But he holds up because of that. And I think a lot of the other villains don't because we really just don't get to, we don't get to go there with them. We don't get to dive that deep into them. Well, I guess that's, that's sort of like, is the, does it need to be a, well, like, what is, the difference between a good villain and a good character. Story Because Thanos is a great character, mm-hmm. but I would argue that Hela is a good villain because she serves the exact function she needs to right. for Thor. Well, I mean, yeah. Thor Ragnarok isn't about beating Hela, it's about Thor going through like a personal fair, growth yeah. and like leveling up and like learning how to be a better person, basically. Which is shown by the fact they barely interact. Yeah. Right, yeah, and she doesn't no. show up until the very end. Once, I think, he, once he's already gone through his whole arc, he, she's like his final threshold to pass right. basically. I genuinely think that's yeah. a really big question and we have three minutes left. Like that is a podcast question in itself. Like is it a good villain or is it a good character? Now, is I Kate Blanchett a, a good actress or, or is, is she, she just, just tall? tall. <laughs> <laughs> no. Because I'm tall and I'm not good. <laughs> it's um it's a quote from Kimmy Schmidt that like really like sent me spiraling a long time ago. Uh, I think it's, yeah. it's, so here's here's my my uh, to bring back a lot of what we've been talking about into a single phrase that I think we'll get a lot of work on this podcast it comes down to everything with purpose yeah i need like what i need to know are the villains intentions not just their actions but why they're doing those actions and the people like so for instance yellow jacket i know what he does i don't really get why i sometimes i sometimes Mm -hmm. i do sometimes i don't thanos i know exactly why fisk i know exactly why so intention matters a lot with villains can you show me more than just they do bad can Mm -hmm. you tell me like it's not just how they do bad but why they do bad Mm -hmm. sure yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Also, make them purple. 
I think purple. I think that really purple. is. I think we. I think we made a good argument for why that that that's <laughs> yeah. really important. Mm-hmm. Not that you of all people would oh. understand. <laughs> you know what? Uh, the uh, uh, what's his name? Jeez, <sighs> Civil War. Yeah, that guy's also purple. The be- the the villain. Who's the the the. the the not Russian, the guy. The not that Russian, from... yeah, and like, the, is he Sokovian? Maybe he's Sokovian. Yeah, Sokovian. But like, what? he he's his actual. He's he's based off a villain who has purple in their name. Is he really? Yeah, promise. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. Well, I think yeah. that sums it up All pretty right. well. Well, um, yeah. sorry, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. If you if you listened um, all the way till now, uh, thank you. We uh, clearly figured this out within the first five minutes and didn't need to keep recording this entire podcast. Yeah, um, I agree. But now we've gone into into detail. I think it's important to take what you've learned from this and apply this to your own life. <laughs> really, when you think about it, what if colors are you wearing? You can't recognize people's like morality at oh, all. We were talking about totally different things. You're also character yeah. blind. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> You're soul blind. This All is right, why so I have trouble telling wait. the difference between like like horrible supervillains and just like a guy at the supermarket. I can't. You know, I uh, Kyle, that. I wear purple all the time. <laughs> it's taking this. You, you haven't probably got it yet. Ian's my best friend. All right. Well, while, while we settle with, we'll we'll step away and deal with the consequences <laughs> of Ian's last statement. Oh my uh, god! And I think next week we will be doing the topic on. Do you remember what the topic was going to be for next week? The next one we had planned was like aging, aging oh, with your yeah, audience. Oh yeah, it was aging. Like I don't yeah, know if we'll do it that next or if something else will come because Captain Marvel comes out in like two days, so that might change. What oh, we that's do. true. Well, at some point we will do the aging with with your yeah. audience because that'll we be have, a really good one. But we have a whole list, and if you have any suggestions, please feel free to leave them in the comments. Please do. Please do. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're going to be doing these every other week now. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. we will uh, see you guys again in a little while. Yeah, thanks, thanks for everybody listening. for listening. Catch you. Yeah, thanks. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.